0: Welcome to my podcast. This series is a series I preached at Christchurch Hemel uh, over the last few weeks on the characteristics of God. These are things that God says about Himself in the Bible. So the whole point was to get people to know and worship God all the more. I hope you find them useful. Let me know. Well, a couple of weeks ago in Isaiah forty, we saw that God is incomprehensible. That was the fancy word basically meaning that we cannot fully know God but at the same time we saw that we can truly know him because he speaks we can't fully know him but we can truly know him so this evening we're going to build on that as we look at Psalm 139 and Psalm 139 shows us that God is different to us and that's a good thing God is different to us and that is a good thing Now, there's a story about a confused child. If you're a parent, you might have had this conversation like this. On the Saturday night, the family dog had just learnt what it meant to sit. Sit. The child could shout the command and the dog would obey, followed by the family saying something like, Ah, what a good dog. Well, the next day, the child went to church and they heard the pastor there saying, What a good God. Well, on the ride home, the child asked his parents... Is God good in the same way as that dog? Well, the parents had a bit of a flundered answer there. But surely we know that, don't we? We know God is, God is different. We can use the same words, but we don't mean the same thing by them, do we? God is different. And we see that in Psalm 139. So let's focus in on what we learn about God from this psalm. Just hear those words, verse 17 to 18 again. This is David writing, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. The believer, the Christian, finds God's thoughts precious. What God has revealed to us is like treasure in a field. Now, we're all experts in a number of things, but we're all experts at making ourselves big and God small. We like to inflate ourselves bigger and bigger and bigger, whilst letting God become smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, this psalm, it takes that idea, and like a pin, it pops it in our faces. Isaiah 40 showed us that God is greater than we can imagine, greater than we can think, but Psalm 139 shows us how that compares to us. Firstly... It tells us plainly that God knows everything about us. Let's have a look at verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Each and every one of us has been searched by God. God knows us completely. That includes our thoughts. Verse 2. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. That includes our daily actions, verse 3. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. That even includes our words. Even includes our words before we even say them, verse 4. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. Well, how does that make you feel? This idea is portrayed powerfully in christianity explored if you've ever done that course it goes something like this imagine you've walked into a room a nicely painted room still smells of paint but on every wall is a television one of those flat screen ones you can't actually see the outside of it and as you walk into the room all of them fire up and they start to play the movie of your life how does that make you feel Well, there's the highlights, the holiday you remember fondly as a child to Margate, obviously. There's the time you helped the old lady across the street, the time you gave money to that charity. But then there's also the actions you prefer nobody saw. And not only your actions, even your thoughts are on display as well. And as you turn around to leave this nightmare of a place, on the door you notice a sign saying, public opening in five minutes. How does that make you feel? To have your whole life on display for someone to be able to see everything about you. How does that make you feel? Well, even that, according to this psalm, is a small glimpse at how well God knows you. At how well God knows you. Well, it might make you want to hide That's one option. Or it might comfort you. Let's think about the latter first. God knows you fully. He knows your every thought, every action, every perception, every judgment, every response. He knows you fully. His snapshot of you is full. It's completely accurate. And yet, in Christ, he accepts you. We saw that this morning, didn't we? That those who trust in Jesus have a sure and certain hope because they're accepted in Christ. Now, we saw some ways that plays out this morning. But one striking one is if God knows us completely, well, that means he knows what's best for us, doesn't it? If you're like me, you like to think that you know what's best for yourself that we're the experts of ourselves. No one knows us better than we know ourselves. Therefore, I know what's good for me. But if this psalm is right, and let me assure you it is, well, God knows us better than we know ourselves. God knows us completely. And therefore, when God says something in his Word, we should know and we should believe that it's what's best for us even when it might not appear that way. Just a couple of examples I've had from the last couple of weeks. Conversations with non-Christians, where I've been asked, well, how can you believe that sex before marriage is not a good thing? Or, you can't truly think homosexuality is wrong. I mean, love is love, after all. Maybe you've had similar conversations. But this psalm shows us that God knows all. So when he says something in his words we should know and believe that it's what's best for us. And when God says something in his word about our friends, our family, our neighbours, well, guess what? He knows them fully too. And therefore, he knows the best for them as well. So when we think we know better, when we think we do something another way, stop, remember, think, do we know more than God does? Do we know more about ourselves than God does? Well, perhaps your other instinct is, when you think about God knowing everything about you, is to run, to hide, to stick your head in the sand and just hope everything goes away. Well, did you see verse 7? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? The psalmist is clear that God is Everywhere. The fancy word for that is omnipresent. He is always with us. If you go up or down, as verse 8 says, well, God's there. If you go east, where the sun rises, or west, as Israelites would know, the far end of the sea, God's still there. There is nowhere that God is not. When asked, why is there but one God, in Sunday Club, a child answered, well, if God fills every place, there's no room for another one, is there? And that's different to us, isn't it? That's what we've been thinking. God is different to us. We have the power of technology and can communicate around the world in a split second. Some of you remember Aidan, who was with us a while ago. He's now in Australia. I spoke to him on Facebook the other day, like instantaneously. But you know what? We are not everywhere like God is. If you went to the British Museum yesterday, you would have seen that the pharaohs of Egypt would plonk the statues of themselves down with big ears around the place to make sure that everyone knew they were listening all the time. But in reality, we know that's not really the case. If you've been watching the news of North Korea, you know that Kim Jong-un knows what's going on in his country, but he doesn't know everything. He's not there in everywhere like God is. It's another mark that God is different to us. But did you notice that the psalmist uses a word for God? It's, it's so subtle, actually, you might have passed it by. The psalmist doesn't say, If I go up to the heavens, God is there. That would be true, but that's not what he says. What does he say? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. So rather than being distant, the psalmist is talking to God and using the word you. You are there. Your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. God may be different to us, but he's in relationship with us. He's relational. And because of that, he can guide us. He can hold on to us. And that helps That means we shouldn't be scared of God, like a tyrant who's out to get us. We actually shouldn't feel the need to run away from him. He is relational. He can guide and he can hold onto us. So the question for us is, can you attest to that? Do you have any stories about that? There's many stories, I'm sure, in this room alone of the ways that God has looked after us in the past. And I can assure you there's going to be many stories in the future too. We're going to break down into our groups in a little bit. Maybe you could share one of those stories if you have one with the rest of your group. Well, as we've seen, God is different to us. The psalm highlights another difference in verse 11 onwards, and it's this God is creator. You see, the darkness can't hide us from God, because God made the darkness. In fact, he even made us. Verse 13 For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Have you ever seen an ultrasound? Have you seen a moving ultrasound? They're amazing. God knit us together in our mother's womb. God created us. He is the creator. We are the created. And God didn't just start us off like a wind up monkey. Have a look at verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now we try hard to be in charge of things, don't we? We make lists. We're a bit techie. We make spreadsheets. My sister is getting married in a couple of weeks. And she has a spreadsheet of absolutely every aspect of her big day. I think it's even down to minutes. She's tried to think through everything that's going to happen on the day itself. But this is not just Big Brother being horrible. At the end of the day, there's going to be something she's missed. At the end of the day, we can't control everything, can we? All it takes is that one relative, it's not going to be me, to make a stink. Or for the caterer to pull out last minute. That's why the insurance industry is such a big business, isn't it? planning for the things you cannot plan, or works of God, as they call them. But this psalm shows us that God's not like that. At the end of the day, works of God are his, aren't they? What does the end of verse 16 say? All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God is different, again. So when we're in the midst of a trial, it might seem like it's spinning out of control. But this psalm shows us it's in God's control. And you see, when we grasp how different God is to us, we realise that he deserves all our praise. And so we can follow David's lead. We will care about wickedness and injustice in the world. We will care about those who misuse God's name. We will care when God is being laughed at. But as we do, we remember that God knows everything about us and knows the times when we let him down too. You see, this psalm is circular. I don't know if you've seen that. As we read it and we understand it, it works on us. It does heart surgery on us. As we realise, as verse 1 to 6 shows, that God knows us. He knows everything about us and we realise the implications of that. It might make us want to run and hide. But verse 7 to 12 shows that God is always there. He's not escapable. Instead, as we've seen, we can take comfort that he's always with us. And we can do that because God is the creator in verses 13 to 18. And because he's the creator and he deserves all the praise, well, we should be grieved when people hate him, as David says in verses 19 to 24. But as we grasp that, as we think about that, as we know our own hearts, And the way that we let God down, as we think about those things and we remember that God knows everything about us, well, the cycle begins again. And each time we go round that cycle, our understanding of our sin increases and our knowledge of God deepens. And as we do that, we realise how different God is and how holy and how majestic, how higher, bigger, greater he is. And then we realise how big the cross is where, although God knows all about us, he sent his one and only son to die to provide forgiveness for us. And as we grasp just how different God is to us, it should humble us. And as beggars lead beggars to bread, we'll tell other people the good news that we've been given. And as we grasp how different God is to us and how much greater he is than us, we realise how much God must love us in order to send his son to die. And that should cause us to worship him all the more. As we've said before, the more we know about God, the more we should worship him. He knows everything about us. He still accepts us. Well, there you are. Hope it was useful. Get on praising God the rest of we this week. the But there is only one God who can save the day. So clear the stage, prepare the way, cause heaven and earth are singing, glory, hallelujah, let the whole world see the great.